You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Hey, all The Story Collider needs your help. We want to know what do you like about the podcast and what can we do better? What were your favorite moments? What do you want more of, less of? All of those things. So if you have a few minutes today or anytime this week, visit storycollider.org and take our brief listener survey. It'll be a big help as we plan for next year. Thanks. A science story, huh? NYU scientists, they felt right. And I just thought, well, it was that golden moment. Because science was on my side. Hi, everyone. I'm Ben Lilly, and welcome to the Story Collider, where we bring you true personal stories about science. This week's story is from Chiara Mariottini. It was recorded in July 2016 at Union Hall in Brooklyn. I moved to United States in January 2008. So it was January, it was freezing cold, and I'm Italian. I come from Arezzo, it's a small city in the heart of Tuscany. About approximately 150,000 people live there, and I moved to New York City, the hub of the Western world. 10 million of souls going around every day. And uh, my family lives in, um, uh, in the countryside of Arezzo, so... They have a small, no, actually a big, quite big house on the top of the hill with a garden, dogs, and several animals. And I moved to a shitty hall of apartment, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a shared apartment on the sixth floor of a walk-up pre-war building, um, one block from the lab. So my lab in Italy was a small one, four people, my professor, or PI, um, my, uh, the, the assistant professor, and two PhD students. At Mount Sinai, I had 15, a lab made of 15 postdocs, several technicians, PhD students, my PI, um, secretaries, and it was amazing. So um, I still remember the first day I met my boss, and uh, I walked into his office located on the 12th floor of the Icon building. Two of the walls were made of glass looking downtown Manhattan. Wow. And uh, I shook his hand as he introduced me to one other person who was in the office. His name was Ken. And he was a senior postdoc in the lab. 
and uh, he briefly explained me my project and he told me that uh, you know I would have had to follow Ken during the first couple of months to help him with some of the experiments he was running so I agreed and I started basically following Ken let's talk about Ken so <laughs> Ken is or was and is I think um Bold, not so tall, not so short type of guy, um, observant Jew, very serious, very uh, squared, very, very smart, and super brilliant. He was a genius. And at the time I joined the lab, his paper was submitted to science, which is one of the greatest um, journals in the field. So I started following him like a shadow as he was running around all day. And the most amazing thing to me was that he was coming to lab at 9 a.m. And he was able to run his own experiments, analyze data, um, be present at meetings and coordinate other people, have lunch with his wife at noon, and by 4.55, leave the lab so he could pick up his son at the daycare next to Sinai. And I was coming from Arezzo, unable to leave my apartment. Even after two hours, my alarm went off. That slow I was. And uh, so I was looking at him like this uh, incredible genius, super brilliant, super smart, and I was following him around. And a couple of weeks after I joined, uh, his paper, paper got finally accepted into science, so very, very big deal. And he was super happy, and I was super happy for him. I have to say he was a pretty like, serious, not so much social and not so much sense of humor type of guy. <laughs> and uh, I finally got, after maybe a month, uh, to run my very first experiment. Yay! Finally, Chiara was able to put her hands into things and finally, you know, try to do my own thing for the first time. I was super excited and I really knew what I had to do. So I had to cast a gel, which is made of acrylamide and is a common technique in cell biology to study protein expression. And in order to prepare this thing, we have to use this tool that I bought here, brought here, is called comb and is made of plastic and it looks like a comb, the one that you use for air, but the little things are wider. So when you when the gel is polymerized and you pull this thing off, you can create a space to load your samples, your like the samples you want to study. So I really needed this little thing to start my thing. And I was looking around, I could not find it. Kent was busy, obviously, writing at his desk, super focused on his like screen, and he was typing in sentence nonstop. Very serious, very focused, very smart. So I didn't know how to start, and I 
had to. So I decided, okay, no one is around to help me. I have to interrupt his super smart work. <laughs> so <laughs> I approached his like, bench a few steps away from where he was sitting. He saw me, but he didn't turn. He kept typing. And I go, ready. Hi, Ben. Can I please borrow your condoms? <laughs> and I asked myself, uh, yeah, it sounds correct. This, this word is familiar. It must be that. Yeah, yeah, okay. So it's only like, was only a few milliseconds later that he turned towards me, finally, <laughs> and his eyes were like wide open. And he looked shocked, and he goes like, what? <laughs> and at that point, I realized that condoms was not what I meant. <laughs> and I turned into a red pepper <laughs> in that very second. And I go with, uh, yes, you know, that thing you use to cast the gel. And I try to mimic this thing here <laughs> with my hands. At that point, he understood. He turned back to type, and he goes, third, uh, third drawer on the left. So I grabbed the thing <laughs> that I needed, and I ran away. And uh, I told myself, that that was not possible. That didn't happen. I did just not say the, that word to the most smart, intelligent, serious, <laughs> and uh, brilliant person in the lab, and perhaps the person I was working for. So I felt like an idiot. And I was an idiot, perhaps. And <laughs> I, I don't know. The only thing I can tell you is that this is not over because <laughs> the same, same very week, I met him on the weekend while uh, outside Sinai while he was pushing a stroller with his son. And he stopped me, waved at me, stopped me and said, Hi, Chiara, where have you been? And I go, I went downtown to buy some shit. And he looks at me again with that same face. <laughs> and at this point, I really don't know what I said wrong. Like, shit, shit is shit. <laughs> and no, it was the same expression. So I, I explained that it was some shit for the bed. And <laughs> at that point, he goes, I see, okay, bye. <laughs> and he walks away. So you, can you cannot even imagine the frustration of my first months <laughs> at Mount Sinai, having to deal with my broken English and these like daily mistakes. <laughs> and the fact that you know, science was great and people were excellent, uh, way above my expectations. But it was very, like, um, very focused, very competitive setting. And I still think that uh, I wouldn't have made it today uh, if it was for um, a friend. 
So out of the 20 people I was working for, I finally focused on one. My target became, <laughs> became my dear friend Simon, who was a uh, Canadian guy who had joined the lab a couple of months before me. So coming from outside the States, he was also sharing some of my frustrations. And I think he understood that uh, I needed some human empathy at that point. And uh, I need some human, you know, warmth. And uh, he was the one who was, uh, you know, having lunch with me, even if it was a 15 minutes lunch. And he was listening to me, to my mistakes. And he would hold his breath and finally laugh at me <laughs> and with me of my broken English words. And uh, I really owe him a lot. And um, after that, I became much stronger and a little bit more self-confident, I guess. And it was only a few months later that Ken, the famous Ken, very smart Ken, received uh, a prize <clears throat> honored by Mount Sinai to uh, young investigators. So he gave his speech in front of a big crowd. And I was very surprised because during his talk, uh, stop and uh, basically thanked me uh, and uh, explained that some of the results he was presenting were because of my help and they were coming from experiment I ran for him. So I felt only at that point that uh, little Chiara had made it. Thank you. <laughs> That was Chiara Mariottini. Chiara is a senior scientist at the Carl Icahn School of Medicine at Mount Sinai. She has a PhD in neurophysiology from the University of Florence, Italy. She graduated at the end of 2007 and moved to New York City in January 2008. She's a pharmacist by training, but she's always been fascinated by science and in particular by the brain. If you enjoyed today's story or a fan of the podcast, please consider writing us a review on iTunes. It's a great way to help new listeners find the podcast, and we love sharing these stories. We're also grateful for the support of the Simons Foundation, who helped make this all possible. The Story Collider is produced by me, Brian Wacht, Aaron Barker, Ari Daniel, Christine Gentry, Skylar Bear, Shane Hanlon, Rosie Waldron, and Liz Neely. The podcast is produced by Zoe Saunders, and the theme music is by Ghost. Special thanks to Union Hall for hosting the show, and shout out to Ken for helping Kiara make it. Keep being awesome, Ken. Thanks for listening. <laughs>